Is Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson firmly in the driver's seat for the NFL Comeback Player of the Year award? We'll tell you why we think he should be on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. And a special shout out to all the everydayers out there who make us part of your daily routine every single day. All year long, you can get Lockdown Broncos for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So make sure if you are a brand new listener or viewer of the show, you love the flow of the conversation, you love how things are going, hit that subscribe or that follow button so you never miss out on a dirty on a day's worth of Broncos news, content, coverage, analysis, and more. I'm Cody Work, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside as always by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sarah, coming off the heels of the Broncos' big-time victory on Monday Night Football against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, I think it's time that we have a very important conversation and we're eager for Broncos country's thoughts as we go along. Or if not even a Broncos fan, but you've been following along and you're somehow watching or listening to the show, we want to hear from you as well on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. But is Russell Wilson firmly in the driver's seat after week 10 of the NFL Comeback Player of the Year award? And if not, should he be? I think, Cody, the answer to this question is yes to both. He he is in the conversation, and yes, I think he should be the front runner. I know a lot of the talk was, hey, the second DeMar Hamlin steps onto the field for the Buffalo Bills, like the award is over. I just don't agree with that, although like you and I yeah. talked about before the show, we're really happy for DeMar Hamlin and his situation, and it's inspiring to see that he's been able to make his way back to the field after what transpired last season. This is not necessarily, I don't think it's even something you could really argue with the way that Russell Wilson is playing this season compared to what we saw last year. And and not only that, but there's so much more context to it, isn't there? It's it's so much more than just statistical progression or you know passing a certain eye test for some people or the Broncos playing better as a team. Like Russell Wilson took a, a lot, a lot, a lot of heat last year from national media, from some local media, from plenty of football fans, uh, from the Seattle Seahawks 12th man, which I still don't understand the way they treated him, Cody, after he left, after what he did for that franchise. He took on a ton of that negativity, and he's really bounced back to have borderline. I mean, he's borderline in the MVP conversation at this point. There's a hot take for you, not just the comeback player of the year, but statistically speaking, the way the Broncos are trending right now, how could you not have Russell Wilson at the top of your comeback list? Well, I think when you look at the context of Russ's performance, right, I think some people are going to say, well, he's not throwing for many yards. It's not about yards. It's about efficiency, and it's about wins, right? And Denver has rattled off three straight wins where Russ is playing very efficient football. And early on in the season, Russ was playing efficient football. But you know the issue? Denver's defense was giving up astronomical amounts of points. I mean, Russ fueled that comeback against the Chicago Bears in obviously week four, coming off the hills of that very devastating 70-point output that they allowed the Miami Dolphins here. But here's Russ's numbers overall from an efficiency standpoint through 10 weeks of play. 
18 touchdowns to four interceptions thrown. Two of those interceptions came in that one matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. One came against the Washington Commanders in week two. And then one was a tip pass in week three at the line of scrimmage that fell into the arms of a defensive lineman. Russ has been pretty solid with the football. Now I think you can make an argument, okay, hey, ball security in terms of fumbles, that's where he's maybe had the biggest issue with ball security. But in terms of throwing the football, he's been very, very good with that there. His 18 touchdown passes on the year, it's tied right now for third in the NFL. He's tied with Kirk Cousins. And above him, it's Tua Tungo-Vailoa with 19, Josh Allen at 19 as well. So, I mean, when we look at the numbers, we look at where Russ has been and the trend that you mentioned that Denver is on, I'm surprised that he's not, in, in terms of some of the sports books, like our good friends over there at FanDuel, I'm disappointed in FanDuel right now because they don't even have Russell Wilson on the list of potential players for comeback player of the year. I remember early on in the season, like before the season began at training camp, he was like, he had the seventh best odds to be able to be the comeback player of the year. He's not even on there now, but here's what baffles me the most about this conversation. You have New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, are on the comeback player of the year trend right now in terms of having, you know, if you put money on them and if it happens, you're going to win pretty significant money. There are options on this list, but Russell Wilson's not. To me, that is the most baffling thing that I have seen, and I, I don't understand it. So, FanDuel, I hope you guys get it together because Russ is playing some really good football right now. I think when you look at his numbers, obviously you, you mentioned it as well before we got on the show here. He's number one right now in terms of touchdown efficiency so far this season. That's big. The Broncos are trending in the right direction. They're winning games. Russell Wilson and the defense are a big reason why that is the case. So, yeah, in my opinion, he should be comeback player of the year or in the conversation for it. He definitely should be, Cody. And look, it's 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 an issue right now where people are upset about the yardage, like you said. You know, there's just not enough of a consistency with the Broncos' overall passing game for people to really be pleased with Russell. Things have to be perfect for people, don't they? I mean, it has to be. Well, he's he's throwing for 300 yards a game, and he's got the highest touchdown percentage. And he, he's not throwing for 300 a game. He's throwing for 200 a game. Matter of fact, if the season ended today, it would be the second lowest yards per game of his entire NFL career dating back to his rookie season. But like you mentioned, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's tied for the second most passing touchdowns in the NFL this season behind Tua Tagovailoa and Josh Allen, who the Broncos just played against, who both have 19, and he's tied with Kirk Cousins at 18. His touchdown percentage, 6.9%. If, if Russell Wilson gets a few more rushing yards per game, he's on pace for a top-five season in his career in terms of running the ball I mean, everything is there. We're, we're seeing him get better at converting third downs, both with his arm and his legs. He's made clutch plays late in games. He's had some clutch drives late in games. Notably, the most recent game we just saw, right, where, hey, you're you're down by uh, a point against the Buffalo Bills. you got to drive it down the field to get in a field goal range as quickly as possible. And Russell Wilson made that happen. He made the play on third down to get the ball to Jerry Judy, where he drew a pass interference penalty, right? So he's making plays. Like, they're not all showing up in the stat sheet. They're not all showing up, I guess, the way that people want them to. But when you talk about comeback player of the year, Cody, through 10 games last season, Russell Wilson was barely completing over 50, 57% of his passes, excuse me, with seven touchdowns and five interceptions. We've we've outlined all the other stats this year. So look at the difference between last year and this year. And, and it's it's staggering. He is so much better right now than he was last year, even if it's not exactly what everyone wants it to be. On a 67.9 completion percentage, that's a massive jump from where he was at at this point. 
last season. He deserves to be in the driver's seat. Broncos country, we want to know from you, do you think Russ should be in the driver's seat of the NFL Comeback Player of the Year Award? Let us know if you're watching on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. But we're going to talk about some other things here as well on today's episode of the show. We're going to take a look at the state of the AFC West after week 10. We look at every team inside the division. We take a look at where the Broncos currently sit, and we analyze what's to come here in the AFC West. You're going to get all that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And in just minutes, you can create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs and you can let people know that you're hiring. Then you add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread word that you or your business are hiring. They also have simple tools like screening questions, which make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. Make sure you close out the year strong with the right team member. It's why link, it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is also brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. As you know it, America's number one sportsbook. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So if you laid on Monday Night Football, $5 on the Broncos to win, you received $150 in bonus bets. You can do that this week as well with the Denver Broncos hosting the Minnesota Vikings in primetime action. The Broncos are two-and-a-half-point home favorites in this game, and if you lay $5 down on the money line for them to win, and they do that, you'll get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. You got the NFL season ongoing. You got the NBA season starting up. You've got the NHL season on ice. You have all the sports at your disposal. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Taking a look at the state of the AFC West after the Denver Broncos have now ripped off three straight victories and made things very, very interesting in the wild, wild West once again this year. Maybe a little bit more along the lines of what we thought the AFC West would look like last year, Cody, when all these different new big-time players came into the picture. We're going to talk all about the AFC West, the implications of the Broncos' latest win, and what's to come. But before we do, I want to give a huge shout-out and say thank you to every single one of you that listens to Locked On Broncos, free and available everywhere that you listen to podcasts, as well as you can watch us on YouTube, where we love to engage and interact. Cody, the comment section is, is fired up after the Denver Broncos' victory over the Buffalo Bills, and hopefully that winning feeling continues as we face off against the Minnesota Vikings here in week 11. But we've got to talk about the state of the AFC West because a few weeks back, it just it kind of felt like, man, the Broncos really don't have a shot. They're fighting for maybe third place in the West. But at this point, they're really just a half game out of second place behind the Las Vegas Raiders, who have somehow found a way to win five games. So let's start with the top, though, the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs. They've got a big, big matchup 
coming up this week against their, well, I guess the team they played in the most recent Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, you got the Kelsey Bowl coming up here once again. Travis Kelsey versus Jason Kelsey, which, by the way, quick plug here. If you haven't checked out their New Heights podcast that they have, Sarah, watching those two guys talk, I know a lot of fans of Broncos country don't like Travis Kelsey. I never used to like Travis Kelsey, but I've come around on him. I enjoy that. That's one of the best podcasts that you have out there outside of Locked on Broncos, I might add. They're number two behind us there. But look, the Chiefs, they've kind of had some ups and downs this season, right? Obviously, that week one loss against the Detroit Lions, their second loss came at the hands of, guess who? The Denver Broncos, which was a huge surprise and obviously a very, very big boost for what the Denver Broncos hope to do here in the second half stretch of the season. That's a tough matchup on Monday Night Football, though. The Kansas City, they're coming off of a bye week, so they've had an entire week off. They get to come play on Monday Night Football, kind of similar to what the Broncos just experienced themselves. So they're going to be well-rested, and they've had their ups and downs in terms of some offensive issues. Obviously struggled a little bit on third down. They've struggled a little bit in the red zone from time to time, but they are still very capable of exploding at any moment. Obviously, after that Broncos loss that they had, they responded in big-time fashion by beating the Miami Dolphins. I mean, it was pretty – they were in command of that game from start necessarily to the finish there, even though Miami made it a little bit interesting late in that overseas game. I believe it was in Germany. So you look at where they're at right now. They're still the top dog inside the AFC West. They've got a pretty comfortable lead at this point. We'd say a three-game lead overall in the division. And look, here's the thing that matters. Like Denver's going to play three more AFC West games to end the season. Obviously, various conference games. Taking care of business is important. Obviously, a win against Buffalo on Monday night. That was huge. They were able to secure that. That helps them in the conference standings in terms of that. We'll dive deeper into that later on the show. But, you know, the Chiefs have a very, very tough matchup here. And if they are, if they lose to Philadelphia and Denver wins on Sunday night, it puts them one step closer to creeping up a little bit towards that top spot inside the AFC West, which, look, I know right now it's a stretch to say that that's going to happen here. But Anything is possible here, Sarah. So I think it's important we acknowledge that. But what about the Los Angeles Chargers? In week 10, they were coming off of a 41-38 to loss to the Detroit Lions and what was a shootout at Ford Field. Or actually, I don't think that was at Ford Field. That was in Los Angeles. That's my apologies there. But they were able to, I mean, the Dan Campbell, the MCDC-led Detroit Lions was out there. And obviously, Jared Goff delivered there. They lost a disappointing game. There's a lot of conversations right now going on amongst Chargers fans about Brandon Staley whether or not they're going to move on from him. Was it a mistake retaining him? The Chargers next game is going to be on the road at Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers, who for some reason have had some ups and downs. They just beat the you know the Los Angeles Rams more recently. So what's going to happen when LA goes on the road here? If they lose that, I mean, we're going to be eyeing these games closely here inside the AFC West. But I mean, Denver's got a chance to jump up to that number two spot here relatively quickly, sir. Cody, they really they could do it as soon as week 11, right? I mean, obviously, we'll see what happens here, but I think it's very possible. Like you said, the Chargers going up against the Green Bay Packers, and the Packers, they've been in one-score games all year long, I mean, including their game against the Denver Broncos. So their games are about a coin flip every single week, regardless of who they're playing. We know they've got a tough defense, and so we'll see what happens there. I know there's plenty of issues going on in Green Bay, but – Man, uh, the the Chargers don't strike me uh, as a team that it's kind of the same Chargers that we kind of got used to year over year, isn't it? I mean, look, we'll sit here and admit the first ones to admit the Broncos have been cellar dwellers for the last eight years. So it's not like we're looking down on anyone. We're evaluating what we see. The Chargers are the same as what we always kind of get. And I feel like that's not changed much. And we saw that against Detroit. They Chargers defense kind of been the story for them all year. And then they play Detroit and the defense wets the bed at home. So 
I just don't know about the Chargers, Cody, over the course of a season. And I really, I don't buy the Raiders at all. And I, and if any any yeah. Raiders fans watching this, I just, I'm not buying the stock. They they have a one point win at the beginning of the year against the Broncos, and two of their their victories in recent weeks have come at the hands of the New York Giants, who lost Daniel Jones in the game, and the New York Jets, who are as incompetent offensively. As I can remember, I mean, I, I watch the Iowa Hawkeyes every, you know, pretty much every week, Cody. Some weeks I skip these days because you know what? It's not worth it. It's not worth the pain. But the New York Jets are the NFL's equivalent of the Iowa Hawkeyes, and that's who the Raiders have beaten. So with with all due respect to Antonio Pierce taking over as the interim coach, like I, I don't see the Raiders winning more than seven games, and, I, and they've already won yeah. five. So... It just it, it that team doesn't inspire confidence that they're going to be able to close this deal in terms of finishing second place or even being in the mix for one of these top seven seeds when all is said and done. I think a big thing when we do the same type of episode next week for Locked On Broncos, looking at the state of the AFC West, look, what, what is the vibe going to be here from the Raiders coming out of this week's game? Because they play against the Miami Dolphins. And look, Max Crosby, I think that defense, that defense in, in Vegas, they are playing pretty good football. Max Crosby is arguably the best defensive end right now in the entire game. High motor. He's just, he's unbelievable. But even with that, you know, Aiden O'Connell still trying to figure out who he is as an NFL quarterback. And it's going to take more than just two or three games for him to figure that out. I do think overall, you make great points. The Giants, who just surrendered, what was it, 49 plus? To the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, that was an ugly game. And then the New York Jets, whose offense, as you mentioned, they just can't move the ball. They can't score. They can't do anything. And they have blunders and they have, you know, costly turnovers at the most inopportune times. And they're not having a good season. The Jets, from an offensive standpoint, you know, their defense is playing pretty well. So for me, it's like, I got to see a little bit more. Now, if the Raiders come out and let's say they beat the Dolphins and I'll say, okay, you know what? All right. Antonio Pierce has these guys galvanized here and it might spell a little bit of trouble there, but there's a good chance here that the Broncos could creep up into that number two spot if the Chargers and the Raiders lose this week in week 11. And that makes things very interesting down the stretch because Denver will play the Raiders to close out the season. They'll play the Chargers twice here. Denver's got to take care of business, and they also have to hope that these teams continue to lose and they continue to win going forward here. But Broncos country, we do want to know what your thoughts are on the state of the AFC West through 10 weeks of NFL action let us know if you're watching on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. But what do the Broncos standings look like right now in the AFC? How close is the conference in general from the top to the bottom? We'll dive deeper in the state of the AFC on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at Price Picks. And as you know, it Price Picks is daily fantasy sports done right. Price Picks, they're the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're also the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you get to pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections. And then you watch the winnings roll in. Price Picks is the most fun that I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less than their projected stats, and then you place your entry. And you can do all that within 60 seconds with just a couple of taps. If you want to play alongside some of Price Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Scholes, you can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Price Picks community each and every week. Price Picks also offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. 
Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So make sure you check it out. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode of the show, real quick, just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country. Once again, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day every single day. Thank you to all the everydayers who either listen wherever they get their podcasts or who watch us on YouTube every single day, who take the time to like the videos, to comment, to engage with other members of Broncos country. We love the community that we've built over here at Lockdown Broncos. So thank you so much to everybody that takes time out of the day to listen or to watch us break down all things orange and blue. Let's take a look at the AFC, right? We just spent some time talking about the AFC West, and obviously there's going to be some intertwinement when we talk about the overall conference standings here. But after week 10 of the NFL action, if the playoffs were to begin here today, Sarah, you look at the top seven teams right now in the NFL, Kansas City at number one, the Baltimore Ravens at number two. They just lost this past week to the Cleveland Browns. Jacksonville coming in at number three. You got the Miami Dolphins at number four, and you have the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns at numbers five and six in terms of seeding. And then the Houston Texans, led by C.J. Stroud and first-year head coach D'Amico Ryans, coming in at seven. So if the playoffs were to begin today, that is your seeding here. But you look at that, Kansas City has two losses. Baltimore has three. I mean, you have one, two, three, four, five. You got five teams with three losses that are in the, the playoff standings right now if it were to begin today. And then you have one or two games that separate everybody else for the most part in this division outside of some of the bottom teams right now in the NFL. So I think overall, the AFC, as we talked about last week here on the state of the, the conference, is very tight and it can go one or two ways because a lot of these games and a lot of these close ties, like obviously you look at the AFC North right now, a lot of these teams are going to play each other here in the next couple of weeks. So that's going to bounce itself out. And if Denver can find a way to win, they're going to creep up that ladder really quickly. They are, Cody. I mean, right now, like you said, the top seven teams in the AFC, and then you can add another seven on top of that. There's four teams above the Broncos right now with five victories, and they are among three teams in the AFC that have four. So 14 out of the 16 AFC teams have four or more victories. It's pretty insane at this point in time. I mean, we're going to have to wait until the end of November at the earliest to be able to decipher really anything about the AFC. And thankfully, when you look at the the scope of the AFC play, playoff picture right now, the Broncos really have a lot going in their favor. Of course, two games against the LA Chargers, one game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Those are two teams that you can take care of your business against. You've already beaten Buffalo. You have a chance to beat Houston. You have a chance to beat Cleveland. So there's there's opportunities here for the Broncos to I mean, I, I know we're we just want to start talking about the playoff, you know, conversation. We kind of brought it up last week and we had, you know, the Jim Moore comments in the comment section and on Twitter and things like that. But now we're starting to talk a little more seriously about the seventh seed. And and I think you could even look a little further ahead at maybe that sixth seed as well, because there's no team right now that's so good that's like that can't be done the, the Broncos are only two games behind the team that's in the sixth seed right now which like you said is Cleveland so and you play against Cleveland you got an opportunity yeah so so it's it's one of these things to where okay now we're not just talking about the the seventh seed and like getting in the back door of the playoffs we're talking about seizing one of those last two 
playoff spots before the season is over. And you really, this next stretch of games is huge because you play Minnesota at home, then you host Cleveland, then you go on the road to play Houston. So in the next three weeks, like we should have a really good picture for the Broncos specifically where they're at. They, they take care of business. Let's say they take care of business in all three of those games. I wouldn't be surprised, Cody, if three weeks from right now, if the Broncos manage to win their next three games, if they are in the driver's seat for that sixth AFC playoff spot. And that's all you need, right? It's not about, look, ideally the goal is to win your division, right? But Sean, I think the idea is get in the dance, right? Get an invite to the dance and see what happens. And if Denver continues on this pace in which they've been playing defensively, I mean, they got some matchups coming up against, you know, Josh Dobbs, who's playing really well for the Minnesota Vikings. You have obviously the, the Cleveland Browns that have a very, very good defense. But this is a game that's going to be in Denver versus being on the road in Cleveland, where I'd be a little bit more worried about that. And then obviously you play the Houston Texans, which rookie quarterback CJ Stroud playing fantastic. But has they, has he played anybody yet like the Broncos defense with how they've been playing in the last couple of weeks? I think that's an interesting thing to watch here. But you're right there. And it's just everything is kind of in control here. Like Denver's in control of their own destiny at this point in time. Even if they're not, you know, kind of monitoring the standings, seeing, okay, hey, do these teams in the division lose? It's all going to come full circle, which is how the schedule is built. It puts you in situations. And obviously, I mean, I, I hate playing this game, but looking back at it, Denver should have beat the Raiders week one. They should have beat the Commanders in week two. They should have beat the Jets in week five. And those are games right there. Three games that we're talking about here. If they would have taken care of business, they're seven and five at this point. They might be the three seed in the NFL, uh, the AFC conference at this point in time. And it's just a couple of miscues here and there for a team whose identity has changed from then till now. That I think if Denver ultimately misses out on the playoffs or, you know, misses out on a push, I think we look back at those games and say, man, if they would have taken care of business here, they would have been in the, the the big picture at the end of the season. So a lot to look at there. You look at teams right now that are behind the Broncos, the Tennessee Titans sitting at three and six so far on the season. They're going through a you know, struggle bus of their own. And the New England Patriots at two and eight. Who would have thought we'd be living in a world here where the New England Patriots are kind of at the bottom of the barrel right now in terms of the AFC with Bill Belichick. But obviously the Broncos win against the Buffalo Bills is huge. There's a lot of tiebreaker scenarios that'll play out here toward the end stretch of the season here for not only the Broncos, but various teams that they're going to play. And some of these teams that are ahead of one another, they're going to have some matchups, which will either knock some guys down the ladder or bring some guys up. It'll change the way that things are viewed overall from the conference standpoint. So I'm excited to see how things are at, you know, here in a couple of weeks here for the Broncos winning off three straight. If they can win three more games, go on a six game win streak in totality. It changes the narrative here entirely of the season to where, we, we remember what happened in the first half, but the first half no longer defines the conversation about the 2023 Denver Broncos. And I think that there's a very, very high possibility of that taking place here. And Broncos country, look, we're always eager for your thoughts here on the subject matter, as we talked about on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, which you can get wherever you get your podcasts. Or if you watch us on YouTube, you can watch us every single day on your smart TV, your phone, your computer. Take us with you on the go. We appreciate you so much. Make sure you get in the conversation with other members of Broncos country as well. Sarah Bettinger and myself will see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show. Sarah's going to sit down with Lockdown Vikings host Luke Braun to take a look at the matchup as Dalton Reisner. He has a little bit of a homecoming alongside former Broncos offensive line coach Chris Cooper. You're going to get all that and much more tomorrow's crossover Thursday preview of Lockdown Broncos.